Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Fantasy Football Today DFS. My name is Sia Najat, and this is our quick sprint early look. And of course, we're bringing back Meg Shout. Meg, I butchered your name last time you were on, so I think I was. I'm one for one today. How's it going? You nailed it. You nailed it. Um, yeah, I'm doing well. Um, last week was not a great DFS week for me, so I'm looking to get right back into it and bounce back here. No, me neither, to be honest with you. I, I, I had a losing week. That's two weeks in a row now. I've had a losing week. Now, I did. I think I hit my cash games. I didn't play that many, but, you know, there, there's that. But listen, you're going to have losing weeks in DFS. That's just, the, that's just the reality of the situation. Yep. Sometimes you go big, like Mike McClure went big with the Joe, Joe Burrow. Meg, you probably watched the game-by-game preview. He went big right. with the Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase stack, and it made sense. But, of course, it completely it crashed and burned. But right. again, that was a low ownership, sort of high leverage play. And those are those are things that happen in DFS. You do want to look at your sample size over four, five, maybe even eight, ten weeks before you start to change your process. So right. happy with our process. The results, I have a funny lineup to show, by the way. At the end of the show, we're going to show the FFT DFS winner, of course. We're going to show one of my lineups that cashed, one of my tournament lineups. And it was a Justin Fields lineup. And the only reason I went there was because I had gone to him the week before in a big way, which I explained on the Tuesday show. And I was like, well, I at least have to have a couple of lineups. If I liked last week's matchup for Justin Fields, he's right. playing Denver this week. I got to exactly. at least like, so that lineup should have taken off, but my, some of my other plays weren't very good, admittedly. So uh, we'll take a look at those. But, um, I, you know, I was a little intimidated, if I'm being honest, by last week, because I thought there were so many different games you can play. This week, I think it's a little bit more streamlined. Before we get into some of the high totals, right. Meg, I do want to tell everybody that the FFT DFS contest, it's already live. It's in the YouTube description. It might even be in the chat description. And I certainly tweeted it out yesterday and I'll tweet it out again today. It actually filled up pretty fast um, last week, which is a great thing. Maybe we can start to expand this, maybe get a lower rake, maybe no rake eventually. So the faster we fill this up, the more likely it is we can ask for those things uh, from DraftKings. The other note is We've got another long London game, so keep that in mind. Uh, in, in our game-by-game preview, I made a mistake initially of not even noting that, that Atlanta-Jaguars game. So Jaguars play the Bills. That's in London, 9.30 a.m. Saturday. It's not a part of the main slate. Also, we have four teams on a bye, Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, and Bucks. Just for the record, next week there's only two teams on a bye, uh, the Packers and the Steelers. But again, Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, Bucks, they are on a bye this week. The high totals, Meg, I'm going to list them real quick. Yeah, And then I'm going to ask you, maybe your two favorite of these. Sure. So we've got the Panthers at the Lions. It's a 45-point total, so it's not extremely high, but, you know, it's relatively high because there's a lot of low totals this week. Eagles-Rams, that's a 50-point total, four-and-a-half-point spread. Chiefs-Vikings, 52-and-a-half-point total. Giants-Dolphins, 49-and-a-half. If you had to pick two of those four, what would be the two you'd be maybe leaning toward on a Tuesday? Yeah, on a Tuesday where I see pushback on both sides, because there's two of those games where I like one side, but where I see pushback on both sides is 
Chiefs, Vikings, and Eagles, Rams are the two that I'm circling as like, oh, this could shoot out both both mm-hmm. sides, and I would like both both sides to that game. Absolutely, I, I totally agree. It's hard, you know, it's hard. The 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 Giants Dolphins game. It's like oh, you know who yeah. who's the bring back there? You know because it's just the the None. Giants are dreadful. <laughs> Sa- Saquon probably doesn't play, and even if he does play, is he getting a full complement? Is he fully healthy? Is he forcing right. himself back a little too early? I, I do think before because I, I don't want to forget this later in the show. I had a prop. I had two props yesterday. One was very unfortunate because it was a Geno Smith completions prop of twenty two mm. and a half. Yeah. And that didn't work out because he missed the entire second quarter and then the game got away from them. He had nine completions with 10 minutes left in the second quarter. So that was going to cruise to victory. But the other prop I had was Wandale Robinson over 18 and a half receiving yards. And he smashed yeah. that in the first quarter. Like, oh, that yeah. wasn't even close. Nice. He's 3,000 on this slate. So if you just like you don't have to bring anybody back in some of these games, like you, the run back isn't mandatory. But if you were to stack to her or you had eight chain or whatever Tyreek Hill and you wanted to have somebody on the other side, the run back in this case with Wandale Robinson, it's not really to have a run back as much as it would be for salary relief at right. 3000. I mean, it's right. like, all right, I'll take him. He's probably going to get four to five targets in a negative game script minimum. He's been catching a lot of them. He's got short area targets there. You know, those are the more comfortable ones to, to, to swallow because obviously, well, you know, they're, they're going to be easier to catch, but uh, it's just something to consider because it, right. in the, um, in the dolphins game, it's hard to, to imagine bringing anybody back. I think A-Chain is really interesting and maybe most of it blow out. Right, right. But Meg, let's talk about quarterbacks. So Nada's going to bring up the quarterback list here. And like, I need your help here because there are so many quarterbacks, particularly at the top. I have a few that are my favorite. I'm going to give my three favorite on, on the slate so far. But if you look at the top here, it is hard it is really difficult to be like, well, you know, I, I don't love any of these quarterbacks at the top. Patrick Mahomes at Minnesota. That's easy. Jalen Hurts uh, at the Rams in a shootout. Lamar Jackson. I mean, honestly, against Pittsburgh, that defense is starting to get really banged up. I don't hate that play either, especially if Mark Andrews is going to be cheap like he was last week. Tua at 7,100 makes sense. Anthony Richardson makes sense. Kirk Cousins in a shootout makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I, and even Jared Goff, if you wanted to do that. I like all of these guys. I know you have like, it sounds to me like you, you like, you know, we talked about some of the games you like that Philly game, that, that, that Kansas city game in terms of just looking at these quarterbacks, is it Mahomes and hurts that are your favorite here? Yeah. I mean, this is a week. I agree where it is like, Oh geez, the, the top options are really the most attractive options for sure. Both of just the game environment and just their potential ceiling. So yeah, I would say Mahomes, Hurts, but I also really like Cousins because he wasn't pushed last week, right? In that game against Carolina, there was, you know, I think defensive touchdowns um, that really kind of made that screwy. I think he only threw the ball less than 20 times. But when Kirk Cousins is pushed and they have a high, they do have a high pass rate, he should be pushed against um, against Mahomes and the Chiefs. So that would be an instance where I say, oh, maybe I'll save a little money and go down to Cousins and still be able to get some, you know, Chiefs pieces on the bring back. Yeah, Cousins is so interesting because, and, and I hate to do this sometimes, but like, Zach Wilson was kind of carving up the Chiefs. Let's just be honest about what happened a couple nights ago. So, I mean, that doesn't mean Cousins is going to carve up the Chiefs, but there is a sample size of this Chiefs defense over four weeks being, like, quite vulnerable. We saw it in the Detroit game opening night as well. So, I I think Cousins is is a pretty good value. Obviously, you can pair him with Justin Jefferson. But the cool thing is you can also pair him with Jordan Addison or go down to K.J. Osborne or T.J. Hawkinson, who's a little expensive this week. Um, But, you know, there's so many ways to play that game. I think the problem there 
for me is the bring back. Do you pay up for Travis Kelsey? Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I don't know that that's the best option, but it's, it seems to be the only option. Like Meg, let me ask you when, when it comes to the chiefs, you know, obviously you have Travis Kelsey, but then Noah Gray is getting some looks and he's super cheap. He's 2,800 by the way, but then you got Rasheed Rice, you got Kadarius, Tony, you got Marcus Valdez, Scantling. Like, it's like, who do we play? Sky Moore. The Sky Moore bros are, are definitely uh, still out there, Meg. I promise you. <laughs> um, I think Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice might be, and we'll get to receivers. They, they might be maybe the ones I like the most out of the receiver crew. Is there anybody you like from a receiver standpoint for the Kansas City Chiefs? I think we're going to do be doing this all season long with the Chiefs. Like outside of Kelsey, who's the right receiver to stack? And I think it's always going to be tough because I think it might oscillate week to week. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be hard for that to be predictive. You know, I, I maybe I just go to Rice because he's one of the cheapest that I think, you know, mm-hmm. runs those short intermediate routes that, you know, maybe he can get there. Um, so as far as like stacking, we'll get to running backs in a minute. As far as like stacking with Mahomes, yeah, for me, it's probably Kelsey. And if it's not, I'd say Rice. Uh, you make a great point about Noah Gray, but I think then I would just go to the cheapest receiving option because again, we're 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 going to have to save salary places. So I think I think that would be it for me. And I just think the Chiefs are going to be very difficult outside of Kelsey. They were last year. They're going to be this year too. Yeah. Shout out to the chat, by the way. Uh, Chef TPTV says Kadarius Phony, which honestly <laughs> is like kind of sophomoric, but it's also very funny. And I've never heard anybody say that before. That's Maybe funny. That's I hadn't heard that one either. So uh, props to you, by the way. Uh, Chef, I see you renegade envy. He says drop Daniel Jones. Yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, Eric David's in here. By the way, shout out to Eric David, his son, Max. It's his 17th birthday. Uh, if you all could hit the like button. And by the way, we have Meg on this show a lot now. If you like Meg, Go ahead and not only you're all subscribers to this podcast, I'm sure, but go ahead and write a review. Say, hey, I like Mike McClure. I like Sia, but, you know, Meg's pretty cool, too. Give us five <laughs> stars. It. That Listen, it, it, it genuinely helps. And honestly, like, I'm not going to lie. It just makes makes us feel good that people are watching and they, <laughs> they're taking the time, which, by the way, it literally takes five seconds to hit five stars and like write like one line like, hey, great podcast. It's part of my repertoire or whatever. By the way, oscillate. I see you, Meg. I see you, SAT words. All right, real quick on quarterbacks, because we, this is a quick hitter podcast. We, we got to move on. But um, my favorites of those top tier, it, it's Jalen Hurts, it's Tua, and it's Cousins, Meg. But if there's some, like, gross quarterbacks to play, by gross, I mean maybe some of the lower salary, maybe in that – well, we you, you know, we mentioned Jared Goff. I, I'm curious, do you like him, and is there anybody in the low range that you love? Well, I always love Jared Goff based on my, if you looked at my best ball exposure, you'll know I always love Jared Goff, especially in a dome at home. Again, the only problem there is I'm worried about pushback because Detroit has shown like they did against the Packers Thursday night. If they're not getting that pushback, they'll just run the ball. So I'm worried about the pushback there for Goff. However, I do like him. If for some reason there was some kind of fluky like Carolina defensive touchdown or Carolina jumped out to a lead, then yes, I'm going to like Goff at home. But we don't really know that. So as much as I love Goff at home, I don't know that I'll get there. I've got a real gross one for you. Um, And it's a guy you kind of mentioned against the Chiefs defense the other night. Never did I think I'd be recommending Zach Wilson in Mm. week five. You know, you go to like – you know, you go to some like, you know, further down plays further in the season when injuries are involved and that kind of stuff. But week five, I didn't think I'd get this gross this soon. And but there's a couple reasons for it. Obviously, it doesn't look like there's going to be a trade to, um, you know, replace Zach Wilson, quite honestly, at least not on the horizon. It looks like um, Aaron Rodgers told Melissa Stark he wants to be back for the playoffs. He wants to will this team, the defense and Zach Wilson to manage this team to get them to the playoffs and he'll come back. That's what it sounds like. So I think they're rolling with Zach Wilson. I think he showed a little something the other night. 
And also, you, you've got two other things at play. Denver, one of the worst defenses through four weeks. The absolute, we were so far, we want to circle them to target um, as a defense to target, both pass and run. So like that there for a spot for Zach Wilson. And also, Narrative Street. Um, Sean Payton made some comments about offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. Ooh. I think that I love a good Narrative Street. So, yeah. So um, I think that Aaron Rodgers is in Zach Wilson's ear. I think Hackett will want to like pile it on if they have the opportunity to. And so if there's ever a get right spot for the Jets and Zach Wilson in this offense, it's this Broncos game. And so I'm circling that and he's 4,900. So, yeah. And you can honestly, you can double stack him if you want, like throw Garrett Wilson in there and Tyler Conklin, who gets plenty of looks his right. His receiving prop, which I took, I wish I put this on the record. It was 25 and a half uh, receiving yards. He sailed over that. So, I mean, I just like, if you're trying to like, again, find salary relief and you think that game might shoot out, Zach Wilson's probably going to have to support a couple of receivers for it. Well, he's going to pay off at 4,900 or just supporting one, but another gross one, Ryan Tannehill at 4,900, like a Ryan Tannehill D hop or Ryan Tannehill, a It's a decent yeah. matchup at Indianapolis. So that's something to think about yes. as well. If you just kind of want to get gross, um, by the way, there was a funny comment. Smoke TNT says I have Darren Waller. Should I bother even starting a tight end? That's amazing. <laughs> that's an amazing comment. All right. We got to, we got to roar through uh, running backs and wide receivers. But before we do that, let's hear a word from our partner. By the way, Lori Moore says, I personally, and she's a fan of the early edge. I know Lori. Uh, she said, I personally love watching another woman talking DFS. Welcome Meg. Uh, Lori, uh, we love Thank that. Thank you. Too, so, Thank you for your support of the show and of Meg. Let's support some running backs here. So we have Saquon Barkley listed as out, which certainly might be the case. Uh, I'm not going to play him regardless uh, against Miami. Uh, but Bijan Robinson is interesting at 7,700. You know, he's certainly getting the looks through the running game and the passing game. Uh, I don't think this Houston defense is going to intimidate Atlanta at all. And I think, listen, they need the win. I think Bijan is going to be the dude. So him, Derrick Henry at the top, uh, I certainly like both of those. If I had to lean one way or the other, Meg, it would probably be uh, to Bijan, otherwise known as Bijan, which is how apparently you're supposed to say it. Uh, <laughs> David Montgomery, that's easy to say. At 6,600, he makes so much sense. At mm-hmm. home, you said it yourself, probably mm-hmm. securing a big lead, which is probably why you'll, you're at least a little shy to play Jared Goff. Right. But if that's the case, if they are supporting a lead or if it's a neutral game script, we know they just run David Montgomery into the ground. And, and he, he loves every minute of it because he's scoring touchdowns and he's eating exactly. up yards. So I, I like those guys up top. I think A-Chain is going to be really chalky at 6,100. That's the one I prefer to play over Raheem Mostert, who's kind of trending downward with some fumbles. And um, the production certainly not as good as A-Chain as of late. At, in this sort of top tier, whether it's, you know, 6,000 or 7,000 range, um, anybody you're in love with here? Well, I kind of alluded to it in the Chiefs stack. I think um, Pacheco, well, Pacheco's right under 6,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So so I'll go Pacheco. Now, I do like Pacheco in that game. If you feel like you're doing a cousin stack and you can't really afford Kelsey and you don't want to try to play Mm -hmm. a dart throw on on the Chiefs receivers, I don't mind Pacheco. I mean, another guy who looked great on Sunday night. And, you know, you can run on the Vikings too. So um, I think Pacheco is definitely viable there. I'm with you. I really love the Dolphins running backs. I think a chain is the one I'll go to most. But if I'm really trying to get some ownership leverage, you know, maybe it is another game where both Dolphins running backs get there. It's certainly, I think, lays out the game script for that. Um, so those those um, Dolphins running backs are and Pacheco are and and Montgomery are probably my favorites in that range. Between Derrick Henry and Bajan Robinson, are you are you probably playing neither of them, or is there one of those two that you really like? 
you know, between the two, I'd probably lean. Oh, this is tough. I'd probably, yeah, honestly, I don't have a strong lean and I don't see myself. I like them both, but I don't see myself getting up there in my builds because I do want to stack the passing games of the games that we talked about targeting of the chiefs Vikings and the Eagles Rams, you know, those kind of, those kind of game environments. So, um, you know, or getting Garrett Wilson, who we'll talk to in a minute, who I just talked about Zach Wilson. So I just don't see myself being able to get up to those guys much. I think both are very viable though. So I don't have a strong lean either or the way on them. I don't think they're viable or I I I think think they're viable. I don't think I'll get to them a lot. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. I, I think I'll be, I think I'll be over the field on Bajan Robinson. I'm not sure okay. if I'm going to get to Derrick Henry, but but I do agree with your sentiment, and that's what Mike McClure does a lot too. He's stacking the high end receivers in the high end stacks, and he usually pays down at running back. Let's right. go down before we get to receiver. Let's go down to that 5200, that 4500 range. We'll stop at 5200 because a couple of guys I think are interesting. Miles Sanders at 5200 at Detroit. I don't like Miles Sanders. I haven't played him all year. I don't really understand what the buzz is about him, but. You know, I'm starting to think that my, by the way, that's a decent price for Miles Sanders. He catches passes, he gets some rushing attempts, but let's monitor what happens with practice this week, because I think Chuba Hubbard at 4,500 might be in play here because he's getting almost as much work as Miles Sanders and he's just a much cheaper price. So if you're trying to have some salary relief here, I think Chuba Hubbard at 4,500 at Detroit in a negative game script, he'll still be used. Uh, So that's somebody that is interesting to me. If we scroll up a little bit, um, there is somebody that I scroll up a little bit more, Jarek McKinnon at 4,900. If you want a piece of that Chiefs game and you want to try to get tricky, I think he's okay. McLaughlin at 5,000. Listen, it's a bad, it's a, not a good matchup, but we know that Javante Williams is not going to play. And I think McLaughlin is just more explosive than Samaj P. Ron. So right. probably a dart, Meg, I'm not throwing. But any <laughs> of those guys that I mentioned before we move on to wide receiver, whether it's Miles Sanders or Chuba Hubbard or McLaughlin or even McKinnon, anybody down there that you like. Yeah, I, I think all those are good, you know, considerations. My favorite is probably still Miles Sanders. I mean, they gave him a decent contract, so I I would think they're going to stick with him for, mm-hmm. you know, a little longer, even though the efficiency hasn't been great. And last week, he only got a handful of targets, but he was getting a good amount of targets. So if we think it's a negative game script and he goes back to getting five plus targets a game at 5,200, that's really attractive. And he's still got a decent Decent amount of carries, um, like you said, I know Hover got more, but if he could still get a decent share of the carries and five-plus targets at that price, I'm interested in a negative game script there. And then the only other one I'll mention is Gus Edwards. You know, Lamar has run it in for touchdowns, what, two touchdowns, two weeks in a row. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know that, that we're going to get two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns from Lamar Jackson every week. And if we don't, at 5,000, I think you're getting – 12 to 15 plus touches from Edwards. That's pretty attractive at 5,000. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. And and obviously from a running back standpoint, we'll see some of this value open up as the week progresses and we'll certainly address it in our game by game preview. Someone just mentioned Brees Hall. Can I just mention that? That's a, a, I, you know, got on the whole Jets passing game, but that's interesting. I mean, when will they Mm -hmm. start ramping them up is the question, but at, you know, at his price of 5,400, that is interesting if you want to approach attacking Denver that way. That is a great call out. It could be a big game for Brees Hall at 5,400 against that rush defense. It makes a ton of sense. And honestly, probably a pretty chalky play. I know Dalvin Cook also occupies that backfield in some touches, but it could be a Brees Hall game for sure there. So I absolutely love that. Let's take a look at receivers real quick and, and we'll race through this. Like, fortunately, 
the way we do this show, it's always just going to be a 30 minute show. And we try to address some of the receivers with the quarterbacks. So like when we were talking about stacking, for example, obviously Justin Jefferson is in play in a cousin stack, which we already addressed Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I always like him. I just wonder if this is the game script for him. Maybe this is the game where you're just off Tyreek Hill and you're on one of those two running backs, probably a chain. Uh, I'm curious to see what Mike McClure thinks about that. A.J. Brown is always in play, especially in a shootout. I'm off Jamar Chase. I'm probably off Amon Ross St. Brown, but the price is right for Amon Ross St. Brown. So I don't hate that at all. Puka Nakua is always in play, again, in a shootout. We saw that Philadelphia Eagles secondary is absolutely vulnerable, especially in the middle of the field where Nakua um, likes to work. Not more often than not necessarily, but certainly he's in the middle of the field. This top tier, Meg, uh, who are we liking? I'm with you. I'm going to go Jefferson at the very top because, again, mm-hmm. game environment, the, all part of the stack. And I really then, outside of that, underneath like A.J. Brown, probably still Monra for the targets I'm interested in and Puka Nakua in that same game. Up top, That those are the ones I'm focused on. And as you can see, it's a lot of those are related to the games that I want to target, too. So I'm going to list off some receivers in the middle and lower tier, Meg, real quick that I like. And then maybe you mention a few receivers in those tiers that you like, whichever ones you want to pick out. I mean, once we get down to like the mid 7K range, obviously, Devontae Smith is in play at 7,400. Nico Collins hasn't been priced up enough. He's 5,600. Tutu Atwell, again, in in a good game environment at 5,300. I already mentioned Jordan Addison. I like him. Adam Thielen is certainly in play in a potential shootout. If, if that game is really a back and forth, which we hope it will be, um, guys like Thielen, DJ Shark are obviously in play. Tank Dell at 4,800, in play. Tyler Boyd, now that T. Higgins is out. Listen, I hate the Cincinnati offense, but Tyler Boyd's only 4,500. It's something to mm-hmm. consider at least. Sky Moore, we already talked about when we talked about quarterbacks. He's only 4,400. Rasheed Rice, 3,600. Just like Meg, that's probably the risk I'm going to take. I'm probably going to go down to right. Rasheed if I'm, if I'm stacking that game in any way, shape, or form. Calvin Austin, again, you know, cheap, 3,500. If he catches a long ball, he pays off. Those are some of the receivers that I saw. Meg, if you, if you had, let's say, 90 seconds to address receivers where are we going for some value or just some guys you like yeah i like a lot of the mid-range guys that you mentioned you know with these houston receivers i like them but they seem to kind of another oscillate ping pong back and forth don't know which one is going to be there if it's going to be a nico or tank dell week but i like both of them love addison for a little cheaper love rasheed rice and then obviously i'll bring back the whole garrett wilson thing at six thousand, stacking him with zach wilson or just playing garrett wilson yeah. um in this incredible matchup a little lower i like josh reynolds Potentially, I doubt they're going to ramp up Jamison Williams to any sort of high level this week. So mm-hmm. at 4,200, I let Josh Reynolds has looked great so far. And then one last cheap one, Michael Wilson at 3.7K um, for the Cardinals as their number two receiver gain a, a good amount of targets. Uh, cool. I, I like all of those picks. I think these are great <laughs> picks. And, and we know that some value is going to open up as the week goes as well. We're going to address a question in the chat. Then we're going to just touch on uh, our lineups. Maybe we'll mention a couple of tight ends. We only have a few minutes to do it. But before we do any of that, let's hear one more word from our partners. So the question is, he says, dumb question. It's not a dumb question. How many contrarian picks make sense in a heavy chalk lineup? So the answer to that is uh, just a couple, frankly. I mean, if you can get a couple picks at really low ownership in a chalky line by low ownership, I'm talking like sub 5%. That, and they and they pay off like that. That is going to carry a chalky lineup past a lot of other lineups. So you're de- you're generally looking at total ownership as opposed to like how many chalky people do I have. And if your total ownership is low because you have a couple guys that are below five percent or like two percent range and they take off, then your lineup 
lineup is going to pass a lot of those uh, so-called uh, chalky lineups. Meg, I'm going to address tight end super quick, and then sure. I'll just get like maybe a couple comments from you, and then we'll go uh, recapping uh, two lineups real quick. But obviously, Kelsey's in play at 7,600. Uh, right. No surprise there. Noah Gray at 2,800 I think is super sneaky, maybe in place of Travis Kelsey. If, you, if you're trying to get a cheap piece of that game, maybe in a Mahomes stack. TJ Hawkinson's in play. He's kind of expensive. Andrews, Laporta, of course. I think Goddard, it could be a Goddard week at 4,200. Kyle Pitts is only 3,300, but a really quick call out. Johnny Smith has out-targeted mm-hmm. and out-caught Kyle Pitts in a very big way. Johnny has caught 15 of 20 targets over his last three games, and he's only 2,800. I always kind of like, like to throw a dart at Granson and Smythe, so they're in that 3K range. I like them. Any tight ends that you like other than what I brought up, or is there any tight end I brought up that you love? Well, obviously, love Kelsey. Love the John o. Smith call. Um, and the last one I'll mention, I mean, I'm a huge Laporta fan, so probably will play a little bit of him if I can. Mm-hmm. The last one I'll mention, um, if, if Friar Muth is out, watch the Pittsburgh tight end situation. You know, maybe Darnell Washington at total min mm. price. Yeah, I love that. Listen, we always want salary relief with the <laughs> tight end that we think can catch three or four, three or four balls. So that that always uh, makes sense. Hudson was one of those guys last week when when Irv Smith wasn't playing. Um, all right, let's bring up the FFT DFS winner again. This contest, this link is live, so you guys can register for right now. It's it's actually in the chat description. I should say the chat right now, the link for it. But it's going to be in the YouTube and the podcast description. Let's fill this up fast. So our winner, it is Druid twenty seven. Jalen Hurts, that's pretty good. A.J. Brown, that's pretty good. What a stack there. And he also had DeAndre Swift in that lineup. So he just thought Philly was going to score a ton on Washington. Well, (laughs) guess what? He was right. DeAndre Swift, I thought, was a great play. Probably should have paid off a little bit more than he did. Uh, Josh Jacobs, a great play at 7,100. We thought this could be a good kind of contrarian play with Josh Jacobs. Puka Nakua, can't go wrong there. Marvin Mims, salary relief didn't pay off, but it really didn't hurt him either. A Okonkwu. Didn't really hurt him, but certainly didn't pay off. And Quentin Johnson, I actually flat out did not like that play. But again, he was really cheap, and he allowed this lineup to stack Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and still get Puka Nakua, Josh Jacobs. And oh, by the way, that Cowboys defense. Oh, dear. Wow, what a play. (laughs) This is a very good lineup. He went more expensive on his defense, and that really paid off. And that's going to happen sometimes. It's not always the cheap defense. So good job, Drew 27. Let's look at one of my tournament lineups just for fun. I mean, this is nothing impressive, by the way. I'm not showing you something that's like, oh, wow, check this out. Like, I'm so good at fantasy football, uh, uh, daily uh, fantasy football. But uh, again, this was kind of a down week for me. But I just wanted to just harken back just from a process standpoint. I like Justin Fields a week ago. I told you I played him in my afternoon lineups, and it was terrible. He was so bad. But if I liked him that week, and I have an even better matchup in the following week, I feel like I have to pay. I have to play him a little bit, and that goes for all DFS, whether you play golf DFS or anything else. So I had Justin Fields to DJ Moore. What's really sad about this is I had Cole Komet in those lineups from two weeks ago, but I didn't put him in here. So. That's bad on me because this lineup would have really taken off with Cole Komet. But I have Joshua Kelly. Listen, I'm looking for leverage in that game because I didn't play a lot of it. So I'm trying to get basically um, leverage on everybody who's paying, playing Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert. So I thought Joshua Kelly might be the play since I didn't have any shares of that game. Same thing with James Cook. I didn't have shares of that game. So I'm hoping it's the running game instead of Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, to uh, Tyreek Hill, A-Chain. Well, I was wrong there, too. Somehow this lineup cashed because Justin Fields went off. Tank Dell didn't even have a good game. Earth didn't have a good game. But I did have Christian McCaffrey. So this kind of goes to show if you have the right stack and one other player that goes off, you can still cash even in tournaments, but especially 
in cash games. This was a tournament lineup, but I'm just telling you, these cash game lineups, they are still live. They are still soft, and you can absolutely still cash fairly easily in cash games. On Friday, I'll try to make sure I point out some cash game viable options so that you guys can make sure you mix it up there too. Meg, we've got 30 seconds left. Any final thoughts? No, um, I think this slate, I feel, um, I hope I can bounce back this week. And uh, I don't know me uh, touting Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson stacks on Tuesday is going to be the way to do it. But that's how I'm starting my week. We'll see how I finish. So, um, you know, this was fun. Uh, I love breaking this down with you, see you And uh, good luck to everybody. It's been a good one. Let's bounce back. This is Fantasy Football Today. DFS. We'll see you on Friday for our game-by-game preview. Until then, thanks for joining us.